Okay. <laughs> That's so bad, it's good. Uh, Tim Dangin, we found him. He's been judging at a group day. I had no idea what a group day is. He's going to tell us in a tick. And Emma Paul, current FMG Young Farmer of the Year. Emma, I'll start with you. I was reading, I think, the Sunday Star Times, and there you were in all your finery. You've sort of developed into the pin-up girl for New Zealand agriculture. Yes, yeah. Good afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for having us on. It's um, certainly been a roller coaster since the Young Farmer of the Year final, but just showcases the opportunities that are available for um, anyone that enters that contest. And I've been a great receiver of those opportunities at this end, haven't I? So well, how awesome you, is that? You've also been a great ambassador, as has your older brother, Tim. Tim, tell me what's judging at a group day. Yeah, good day, Jamie. Good to be here again. Uh, so it's basically a culmination. We get the sort of five rural schools around the Cotra district and come together to find the best of the best of, of the Ag Day animals, so so lambs and um, calves. And, yeah, got to stand out here in the rain all day, which was good, um, and, and judge, judge the lambs. So, yeah, good day out. So, uh, well, you're at uh, West Auckland, Muriwai. Emma's down in, in the Waikato there. The good, well, not, I don't know if it's good news or bad news. The dry is coming, according to Chris Brandon. So you need to bank every bit of rain you can get at the moment, Tim. Yeah, I think we do. Um, water table's still absolutely chocker, and you know parts of Northland have had 130 plus mils in the last week. So yeah, it's hard to see the drought coming yet, but um, at least we're sort of heading into it with a full ta- water table, so I can't complain too much. Ditto in the Waikato, Emma. Yep, we're looking pretty good. We've had a nice drop of rain over the last week, so um, silage and, and cropping's on and off, and you're just playing by the rules of the weather at the moment, so can't complain here either. You are a vet by trade. You've been on a bit of a road show to uh, educate vets around supporting their farmers through the emissions journey. Emma, you know I don't like that word. You shouldn't have used it in your text to me. Apologies for that, Jamie. Okay. Yeah, we're just, we're just about to hit the road, sorry. So um, in November, we'll be kicking off with this road show. So it's a piece of work I've been involved with, with Fonterra. And um, my initial thought was that uh, the vet is the last person I'd go to for admission, emissions advice. But after working through this project, I can see a real place for vets in providing advice around some of this emissions framework here. So, yeah, it's been neat to be involved. So, so kind of explain to me what the release of Fonterra or Fonterra's Scope 3 emissions announcements going to be about? Because I'm confused by it. I'm sure a lot of farmers are. Well, I think the first place to start is what does Scope 3 even mean, Jamie? So a lot of our um, farmers, and I certainly didn't know this before um, I started working on it, what does Scope 3 actually mean? And for our farmers, it's the emissions that we directly produce on farms. So Fonterra is coming out with an announcement on the 9th of... um, November, so shortly at the AGM, and they'll be announcing to farmers what the target is for them in the coming years around scope three emissions, so the stuff that they are actually producing. Have we got a tool to act? How do we measure them? Well, yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, I'm sure Fonterra will be rolling that out with some of their support. So, um, yeah, a lot of it as well is, un- is understanding the difference between absolute emissions and emissions intensity because those two terms can scare farmers, but... Um, I'll be certainly looking to see where that, uh, where that announcement falls and what it means for farmers. But if it's absolute emissions, it means reducing um, overall the emissions that are on your farm. But if it's related to emissions intensity, there's actually a lot we can do as farmers and it's not so scary. So emissions intensity is reducing the emissions produced per kilogram of product we're producing. So in our case, milk solids. So as vets, like I say, there's a huge support piece around 
um, supporting animal health and reducing the emissions um, and wastage that occurs on farm due to animal health. What about accounting yeah. for all the carbon sequestration happening on farm? I think that'll all be part of it too. Jamie, we'll just all have to wait and see with bated breath. Uh, Tim, on your farm, on your beef farm there in West Auckland, you got plenty of trees? Yeah, we do, yeah, and I think that's sort of where, where Emma's hopefully leading us, is that hopefully we can just have some clarity around what we can actually include in this. Um, you know, because we've got about 30 hectares of established native bush on our farm, and whether or not we're going to be able to put all of that into it, um, you know, just because our, our grandfather had the foresight to fence it off about 40 odd years ago, um, then why shouldn't we be able to include it, I think? And just making sure that we just get the metrics clear on this so that. You know, we can give our farmers a bit of confidence going forward around where we're actually going to head with it. Because at the moment, the only tools we've got, which Emma's sort of covered off, is that we, we just need to become more productive and make sure that the regulation doesn't get in the way of that. But, Tim, why shouldn't your native bush be um, accounted in the equation? And I reckon, especially on more extensive sheep and beef properties, probably more extensive than yours, they're, they're almost in, um, uh, allowed to, or heading for a, how do I say this, like a, a carbon tax refund from the government. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I agree. You're preaching the converted a bit there, and, and I think uh, you know it'd be good to see um, some biodiversity credits sort of creep into the system as well. There's sort of been inklings around that, isn't there? So we need to sort of make sure that there's enough incentives that we don't end up putting pine trees everywhere, and, and the more natives that we can get around our, our um, you know valleys and guts and things like that, then the, the better off we'll be. So Tim, you've been working with the schools in the West Auckland region, your home patch. Emma, just finishing with you, you're doing something at Parongia School next Wednesday to help bring agriculture to light uh, for the next generation. Yeah, so we're just running a little Young Farmers Day there for Prongia School, so it should be a good day out and it's just a practical um, day, so we'll be taking some uh, nice blue tractors down to the field and the kids will be um, rolling out some little practical modules and we've got lots of people um, from within the community that have volunteered like they always do um, when they're involved with the rural sector to come and help run that day, so it'll be a really good showcase of um, some practical skills and hopefully get the kids interested um, with that taster for agriculture. Can't beat rural New Zealand for community. There we go. Emma, Paul, Tim Dangen, the Dangen Zone panel.